Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Serenity Pinard and Jermaine Charlo. My story for this week is a suggestion from one of our listeners. So thank you, Marie 616 for this suggestion. On the outside looking in, Serenity Denard was a typical child. Her bedroom is decorated with Disney characters, a dollhouse, and toy ponies. She loves animals and babies. She has a dog, a cat, and a five-month-old baby sister. She enjoys hands-on activities like playing catch with her older brother, cooking with her grandma, practicing gymnastics, and making bracelets. But Serenity struggled in her young life. I couldn't find an exact year, but based on other information that I found, she was given up by her birth parents on Christmas Day in 2012. Christmas Day? Yeah, it, both of her parents were sent to prison. Ugh. She then spent two years bouncing around to 12 to 13 foster homes. She was later adopted by Chad and Darcy Denard in October 2014. Chad then remarried in 2015, and they became a blended family with four children total. Serenity was diagnosed with Reactive Attachment Disorder, or RAD, and Disruptive Mood Dysregulation Disorder, or DMDD. RAD occurs when an infant or a young child doesn't establish healthy attachments with their parents or their basic needs aren't met. DMDD includes extreme irritability, anger, and frequent intense outbursts. Serenity's stepmom told the Rapid City Journal that Serenity's symptoms included refusing to do schoolwork, ripping things up, breaking toys, threatening self-harm, and yelling at people. She also runs away when she doesn't know how to process her emotions or when she feels too comfortable somewhere. She had so on a, either end of the spectrum, if she's too comfortable or if she's uncomfortable, she'll run away. Right, right. She had a history of running away, and she planned it out when she was going to. Her parents spent over two years taking her to outpatient therapy before deciding to place her in an intensive inpatient children's home in July 2018. So she's, this is a little girl, eight or nine years old, and the parents have to make the decision to put this child in in inpatient mental health treatment. Yeah, it sounds like um, the outpatient therapy wasn't working like they had hoped and things were kind of getting worse and it's affecting all the other children yeah. in the household and it would have to be so bad before you would put your baby into into inpatient treatment yeah it just would have to be terrible yeah typically children spent about 14 months at the black hills children's home near rockerville south dakota serenity was expected to be discharged around september 2019 she was making progress at the home. Her family would visit four to five times a month, and Serenity could call home twice a week, which she did. She never missed a chance to talk to her family. On February 2nd, 2019, Chad brought his other children to visit Serenity, and it was a nice, normal visit. The next day, around 10.45 a.m., another child created some sort of a disturbance, and Serenity took that opportunity to run away while staff members were occupied. 
It was February in South Dakota. Did and she do that on purpose? I mean, was that orchestrated? Well, from from what I've read about uh, Serenity is that if she was going to run away, she planned it out. So she knew kind so of maybe yeah she knew kind of how to make a distraction how you know when was the right time, um, so possibly it, it could have been planned out. Temperatures that day were just above zero. The children's home is is in a rural area. The terrain is mountainous and forested. The last sighting of Serenity was by a parent dropping their child off at 11 a.m. near the driveway that day. Staff did not call 911 right away. They did a thorough search of the home and the grounds before calling. It was almost two hours later that they placed that 911 call. How can that be possible? It's upsetting. I, I, I don't know how far a little girl could get. Well, but and, one, hour is, one hour is too much. Well, and from what I read, it sounds like the parent that saw her reported that they saw her there to the staff inside. So it sounds like the staff knew that she wasn't in, you know, she wasn't in the home um, anywhere. That was my understanding. Whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure. But that was my understanding of how it was reported. This mom saw her on, you know, by the driveway, reported it to staff, right. and then they searched inside and it's outside. It's a rural area. Yeah. There's no place else to go. Um, but it's February, and this is a child that has been known to run away. Right. Right. By that afternoon, four deputies and 35 search and rescue crew members were searching for Serenity. At 5 p.m., an alert to the media was issued. The search was called off at 10 p.m. and then resumed the next day. Over 200 people were involved in the initial, initial search, but Serenity was nowhere to be found. On Wednesday, February 6, the authorities requested special cadaver dog teams from Iowa, Wyoming, and Colorado. The dogs did pick up a cadaver scent within a mile of the children's home. Over the next three months, teams spent time trying to track down that location. Um... So, but does that does that then indicate that 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 early on that she may have been deceased? Well, this was so this was over the next three months. Okay. Yeah, this okay. was over. It wasn't right away. It was okay. over the next three months that they had these cadaver dogs. Okay. Um, that the, that the cadaver dogs picked up the scent, um, and then they spent time trying to find where that scent was. Um, cadaver scent can travel over one to two miles. With the wind, temperature, and snow, the strength of the scent can be impacted. Almost 85 agencies have been involved in the search, five aircrafts, and 55 canine units to search the miles of terrain around the children's home. In November 2019, footage captured on a ring doorbell in Texas showed a young girl begging for help. People thought she looked like Serenity. The family said it was not their child. Despite searching- Oh my God, it's a child out there ringing a doorbell in the middle of nowhere. Right. Who is that child? It's a haunting photo. I can. It's it's a haunting photo of this little face in the ring doorbell, at night. That's that's an that's upsetting, a whole other. That's a whole other upsetting yep. story. Yep. Despite searching more than forty five hundred miles of forest by twelve hundred people and dogs, following over two hundred leads involving four hundred and sixty five interviews and six search warrants, Serenity Denard is still missing. Deputy Jamin Hartland of the Pennington County Sheriff's Office said this is the most extensive search in Pennington County's history, and so far they have found no evidence of an abduction or foul play. He said, quote, In this investigation, as in any investigation, we can't rule out any possibility until we know exactly what happened to Serenity. We just have no solid evidence thus far to suggest that this was an abduction 
or anything other than a girl who ran away from a facility and has yet to be found. The Black Hills Children's Home has since been cited by state and federal regulators for waiting 80 minutes to call 911, for having radios that were on different channels, and for lacking planning and training in, a runaway, in runaway prevention. Runaway prevention was a part of Serenity's treatment plan. She had tried to run away a week before and was placed on a protocol of arm's length only monitoring. But for some reason, that prevention effort ended the day before she ran away one final time. Two people were fired after she ran away, but the on-call supervisor, who advised employees to keep searching before calling 911, remained employed as, as of this month. Serenity's family made a statement saying, Serenity, I love you. Come home to us. We miss you. We will never stop looking. We will never stop fighting. We want you home. We hope that you're safe, that you're okay right now. I just want you to know that you're loved and you're cherished, and we just want you home. I think these last two statements are from her siblings, just because of how they're worded. If you could come home, stay here and not leave, and try your hardest not to run away because we miss you. I love you. We have fought a lot, but if we could go back, we could change that, and I would like her to come back. Serenity is still missing. She is described as Caucasian, 4'7", and 97 pounds. She was nine years old when she ran away. She has dark blonde hair and blue eyes. If you have any information about Serenity Denard's whereabouts, please call the Pennington County Sheriff's Office at 605-394-6115. This story breaks my heart because she was put up for adoption and then in a two-year period was moved around to 12 or 13 foster homes in her young young age, at her young age, and um, her name is Serenity, and she didn't live a very serene life. No. I mean, it was, it was, it started out with a lot of turmoil. Yeah, and trauma. And every step along the way, I'm angry at the, at the, um, the inpatient treatment facility for their behavior. I, I don't know what the protocol is, right. but, but. Um, it certainly seems improper uh, if a child goes missing to wait two hours, it, an hour. Right. Uh, I, I don't even, because they are so remote and because they are. Well, and because this was typical of runaway. her. Yeah. A known runaway. Yep. Um, oh, and then the little, the siblings' responses to that just. It's heartbreaking. And it's just heartbreaking because, yeah. yeah, you might feel responsible for, because you you fought or right. you didn't get along, and if you try your hardest not to run away, I know it's just so sad. It's so sad. They were young also. Mm -hmm. They were her older siblings, but they were young also, mm -hmm. and so to have to mm -hmm. to try to understand what that all means um, uh, of of having a, a a challenging sibling, and then to have them just disappear. Right. And I don't know. In fact, I'm from the I'm from the Black Hills. I'm from Spearfish, South Dakota. I graduated from that area and so I am familiar with that area and um, I don't think that she would survive for very long in February uh, in the Black Hills yeah uh, even if she went out fully dressed in winter gear uh, there's it would be very difficult to survive and I doubt that it just it's not an abduction I mean for it to have been an abduction there would have been somebody waiting Right. They I mean, would, somebody would have had to have seen her go with somebody. Right. Or yeah. or that there would have been somebody 
it just was very unlikely that that's what happened. Right. Um, because she just took off in the middle of the day, and and uh, there she is. She's she's gone. And she's nine years old. I can't imagine how frightening it would be to be in the in the I mean this forest uh, by yourself at night in the winter at night. I think I'd be scared as an adult. Yeah, much less as a child. So, thank you, Katie. Jermaine Austin Charlo also went by Liz Morzo. She is stunning. She's a Native American woman from the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes. Like most young women her age, she was very active on social media, including Facebook. The last recorded image of the 23-year-old was on June 16, 2018. She was caught in the footage of a surveillance camera from the alley overlooking the back door of the Badlander Bar on Ryman Street in Missoula, Montana. The image is from around midnight, and she is seen walking toward Higgins Street with a person that she knew. She is walking into her own power and doesn't appear to be in distress. After midnight, Jermaine's social media goes blank and she doesn't respond to her family's calls or texts. Jermaine is from Dixon, Montana, a small community of 203 with a median income of $15,455. Dixon is 44 miles from Missoula. On her Facebook page, she listed that she was a stay-at-home mommy. She has two young boys who look to be under five years old. It also stated that she worked at the Big River Cantina in Dixon and as a tree planter for the SKHA Tribal Forest Services in Rona. Her family reported that she was set to start as a wildland firefighter for the U.S. Forest Service on the Monday after she went missing. On Jermaine's Facebook page, it listed that she had started a new relationship on June 9th, just five days before she went missing. It doesn't state who she was in a relationship with, but remember, the surveillance footage shows her walking away with someone that she knew. Did it, did it show if it was a male or a female? It didn't state. Okay. It didn't state that. It didn't state. And, uh, and it, it, it didn't list anywhere that she was in a relationship. I only found that because of the Facebook page. Right. Jermaine went missing while in Missoula, Montana. Missoula is the, in the northwestern corner of Montana. It has a population of 67,000 and is the home of the University of Montana. The median income for residents is 30,000, just a little over 30,000. The city sits in the Northern Rockies and is home to Mount Sentinel and Mount Jumbo. Missoula is about 45 miles from Idaho. Interstate 93 goes through Missoula and then goes on to Spokane and then to Seattle. And uh, but, it's, but it's a major interstate that goes through. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an I mean, it's interstate, a, yeah. a major interstate that it crosses the northern uh, part of our of the country. Right. And then two highways that go through there as well. And it just means that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of traffic that that goes through Missoula. It's it's a I, it's a hub. I would bet that if we wanted to go to Spokane, we would take we would go that way. Well, we would because because Interstate 90 is the closest to us. Yeah. Uh, unless we went north into Canada. Sure. I mean, but I know, but yeah. it is it it is, um, you know, the cities that that are on Interstate ninety grow faster because it's just easier to get goods yeah. and products delivered there. But um, it is a uh, it's important to know that one of the things that I think is important is is just to recognize that Missoula was a lot larger. Uh, it's a college town, a lot larger, um, and a lot more opportunities. Of all kinds of things, right? But uh, 
Lead Detective Guy Baker of the Missoula Police Department and several other agencies spent over 2,000 hours searching for Jermaine. He also serves on the FBI Violent Crime Task Force, which helps law enforcement with resources in cases like this. Detective Baker said that they've identified five people of interest, but they have not determined what has happened to her. Detective Baker believes that Jermaine is a victim of trafficking and that she is no longer alive. The only way that they know for sure is if someone reports what they, what they know or saw or if they find Jermaine Charlo. The reason that he feels that she's no longer alive is that she has not contacted her family in any way. Uh, that's not like her and that her mode of communication is, is completely changed. And that she had two, two boys. Two young boys. And she was just about to start a job. Yep. And so he, that, that's, I think that's what he is, he's basing his, his thoughts on, um, which is tough that, that when there's a detective who, who arguably has the most information, yeah. is concerned that she was trafficked and that she's no longer alive. But until then, her children, sisters, aunts, uncles, and friends continue to search for her. Jermaine Austin Charlo is 24 years old. She went missing from Missoula, Montana on June 16, 2018. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She's five foot nine and weighs 130 pounds. She has a tattoo of, of a flower on her chest and a deer on her left shoulder blade. She was last seen at Orange Street Market at about 1 a.m. She was wearing blue jeans, a white shirt, a brown Under Armour pullover, a tan baseball cap, and cowboy boots. The Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes are offering a $10,000 reward for information regarding Jermaine. If you have information about what may have happened to Jermaine Charlo, contact Detective Guy Baker at 406-396-3217. I think that that, um, you know, that $10,000 reward is really significant when you realize that the median income in Dixon is $15,000 a year. Yeah. Um, and the hope is, is it just that somebody, it will, it will cause somebody to tell on somebody else, report what right. they saw, report their involvement, just to get somebody to turn on somebody else. Right. So, but that has been out there for a while, and they are still getting leads. They are still, they are still, the family is still actively searching, and they're still looking, but there has been no sightings. I mean, the, the detective um, that is living and breathing and dreaming these things, um, his thoughts on this have a, uh, he, he thinks that she's been trafficked, and I'm, I'm curious as to why he thinks she's been trafficked, but, but because they are on. Right, because it's such a. It's located on an interstate. Right. And, um, and, and, and Jermaine is stunningly beautiful. She is stunningly beautiful. Uh, she just, she stands out because of her, her beauty. And, and I don't know that that has anything to do with it, but she is a very stunning person. And um, this is in, in a, other than Missoula, it's a remote area. Right. And uh, a major interstate is going through that area. And I just have to think that that has something to do with Jermaine. Yeah. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com.
Okay, so my distraction for this week is more tweets from home. These tweets are funniest parents on social media tweets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Went to the PTA meeting to get out of doing dinner, homework, and bedtime only to find out when I got home they had postponed dinner, homework, and bedtime until I got back. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Perfect. Perfect. Of course they did. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Ah, it feels so good to relax, says my child who goes to school, comes home, and does little else. <laughs> yeah, what a stressful life. I had recess. And gym. And gym. And lunch. And a nap. <laughs> So hard. Uh, <laughs> Husband, if anyone else whines, they have to go right to bed. Me. Ugh, my pants are too tight. My feet are cold. Everyone is being too loud. Kids. Ha, mom has to go to bed. Yes. Me. <laughs> Me. Good night, suckers. <laughs> I would do that every day until I had to take a nap. I wish that was a rule. I did the calculations for a seven-day trip to Disney for my family of five, and it turns out it will actually be cheaper for us to buy a home near Orlando <laughs> and take up residence permanently in the state of Florida. Seriously, yeah. it oh, will be. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, uh, yeah. A family of five? With, on seven-day trip? That's like a down payment on a house. Every meal? Every park ticket. Uh, uh, and then parking? Yeah. Hotels? Uh flights Ugh. i mean just don't go or don't have kids it's a lot cheaper when you don't have kids i'm just saying that's that's the route i would take <laughs> me please get out of the fridge three-year-old i can't my favorite cheese is in there okay that's fair <laughs> we all have our favorite. all right <laughs> two things i love more than anything in the world one being with my kids Two, not being with my kids. <laughs> there's one. There's there's one thing I love. There's one thing that I love in this world, and this one, not being with your kids. I'm just saying yeah, that. Yeah, right, 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 right. Show me a kid who's quote unquote being careful, and I'll show you a liar. <laughs> I swear uh, this. I swear this happened. My brother Monty, who is about fifteen or eighteen months younger than I am, uh, he was carrying and he was young. I was in third grade, so he would have been in second grade, and he was carrying a gallon of milk <laughs> into the house. And in their living room, we had a um, a rope rug. I mean, oh, a, sure, yep. you know, a big, you know, those big. And my mom said from behind us, <laughs> "Don't drop the milk." No, no. I swear to God. He dropped the milk immediately. Oh, and no. he was probably more than he should have been yeah. carrying because he was little. <laughs> and that sucker's it just it broke and it splashed. I think the rug had to be done. You can't get that smell out. I don't you think can't. you can. You and, can't. and you're wait, you're not gonna wash that rug. Right. You can't, you can't. What do you do? You throw <laughs> right. it out and get a new one. Or never have one in the living room again. Uh, right. Or get a new sock. 
Or just don't have them carry the milk. I don't have I yeah. think don't have them carry the milk. Yeah, is probably the easiest. <laughs> One time, my kids' at elementary school went six days in a row without a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that feel about right? I think it's right. Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> No child has to pee more than the one whose only option is a public restroom that looks like it hasn't been cleaned in 32 years and requires a tetanus shot to exit. <laughs> Seriously, they will have to pee. The grossest places. Outside. Yeah, it's, it's Murphy's outside. Law. outside. Yep. And I don't care if it's a Target parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you need oh, a God. tetanus shot to exit. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Daytime parenting is like cooking. You toss a bunch of ingredients together and see what works. Adjust as necessary. Nighttime parenting is like baking. Screw up the bedtime routine by a fourth a teaspoon of good night moon and your dessert is ruined. Seriously, it is. Honestly, because the I, it was at bedtime that I got the most questions that I needed desperately to <laughs> desperately to ask my parents. Why uh, do penguins not fly? <laughs> Why do flamingos have yes. such long necks? Yeah, I, I read a, a meme and it said, um, my children become dehydrated philosophers yes, at bedtime. They do. They do. They do. Dehydrated philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> I wear my heart on my sleeve and whatever my toddler just ate. <laughs> and I wear whatever your toddler just ate. Kids, the reason I go from I'm not drinking for a while to make me a strong one in seconds flat. Huh. I, again, I don't know why that I have the same short threshold, but no kids. <laughs> <laughs> My mother used to tell me she hopes I have children even more challenging than I was. What she didn't consider was that one day she'd be babysitting them. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> who's laughing now, Grandma? <laughs> yeah. It worked for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Get married so you so your conversations sound like arguments and your arguments sound like conversations. <laughs> that's not funny because that's not funny. Uh, our conversations are uh um you know, um what are we gonna have for supper? Uh what did you say that it, they sound like arguments and arguments sound like conversations? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do with the and where did you put my um that's never ending uh, that's or just yelling ending. what from different rooms in the house <laughs> what <laughs> our house isn't that big but honest to god that's exactly what it is um um and and, and yeah. again it's that it's that desperate need to get information when you're the farthest away right. That you could possibly be. <laughs> right. And instead of, I mean, I could just text now. I mean, yeah. I or just, just walk over and ask. Or, you know, <laughs> climb the stairs or go yeah. in the next room as opposed to just leaning back and, and yelling. yelling. Yep. I, I kind of prefer that method. <laughs> Last one. I've reached the age where I now understand why my parents would never go on the roller coaster with me. Because, oh my God. Because it sucks. It sucks. And. And once you become an adult, Everything makes you nauseous. Well, riding in the back seat of the car, turning your head fast. <laughs> it's like sneezing. It's, yes, it's like you reach the age of thirty, and all of a sudden your equilibrium is like peace out. Everything is gonna make you nauseous. <laughs> well, so now I'm 
older than you are, <laughs> but back in the day when you were sitting in a station wagon, which was the, the same length as a semi yes. truck, mm -hmm. uh, and you were sitting in the back, uh, the back seat with uh, three or four, maybe five <laughs> kids lined up on the back seat. No seatbelt. No seatbelt. All the windows down. Uh, the back window to the station wagon rolled down too, just to get some good airflow. <laughs> right. And for the exhaust to somehow, I don't know how when you're driving forward, the exhaust can come back up sure. into the car and, and not fill up. Right. Uh, on Naugahyde seats oh, sure. that that you would you would either stick to or slide, like a slip and yeah. slide. Depending on the weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how somebody can just... I mean, the idea of it right now makes me nauseous. Oh, yeah. Me, now, me too. To, to ride a, a, a roller coaster? Oh, hell no. I can't I, do it. I can't... I, I don't even like looking at them. Yeah, I even had, like, a drama meme does not... It does no good. Have you tried? Uh, well, not a roller coaster roller coaster, but... Oh. I mean, rides. I can't do it. I think that the tilter world now <laughs> would be my undoing. Yes. I'd get off of it, and I'd be like... You know, somebody give me a wheelchair. Because Paramedics would have to be standing by. Because I, I've completely lost my equilibrium. Yeah. I can't, my eyes are still going in circles. <laughs> I, I'm screwed. I, I got to go home. The idea of it makes me nauseous. Yeah. But as a kid, by God, I make it go faster. Over and over and over and again. And they can, they can, they can run. Oh, yeah, the twisty wheel in the middle. They can, they can run it so that it, it just, it'll yep. whip you. And more, more, more. Yeah. But I remember, I remember riding on the Tilted World the last time I ever did it. I was probably 25 or 26 years old. And it was actually at the Bell County County, was that Bell County County Fair. And it was in the afternoon. And there was, there was four, uh, two couples. There was four of us. They were all adults, 25, 26 years old. The only people in the whole fairground. And we got on the Tilted World. And... The operator of the Tilted World was a homicidal maniac. <laughs> we didn't know that, and he didn't at least say that on his name badge no. that that's what he was. You would keep that under wraps. You would want, and the reason you want to do it is so that you can kill yes. four people that Adults. are in their twenties. Yep. Because it was, I mean, I could hear him laughing. <laughs> but he, as you were spinning, as you were going past, I we were spinning so fast, <laughs> and the ride was so long. You know what I wish for as a child happened but i i was like nauseous for like three days and all of us were we were all just sick to our stomachs because he just whipped us and whipped oh, us yeah. and whipped us and there was no little kids standing in Waiting. line yeah. yeah no he just kept on going and going and right. going i wish that i could have thrown up because i would have hit him one way or the other. <laughs> well when it came back around oh, him, at least. yeah see, yeah i mean and i just oh it's never, and I haven't been on since <laughs> because it was a terrible experience. Yeah, you laugh, but it's true. <laughs> That's what gave me away. So I have just a few. Apparently, my okay. uh, uh, weekly distraction is just concentrated, and in, 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 in the enjoyment that you will receive from hearing these things. So there may be treasure in Virginia, uh, the state, not Virginia, Minnesota. Darn it. A set of coded texts known as the Beale ciphers, as they are uh, as they were originally acquired by a prospector named Thomas Jefferson Beale in the early 1800s. 
are said to reveal the location of a massive treasure, approximately $43 million in gold, silver, and jewels. Of the three texts, one has been cracked, revealing that the treasure is in Bedford County, Virginia. Where exactly it is in the county remains unknown. Hmm. So, so it's treasure map, or code, or text, whatever. Um, that doesn't mean that there's a treasure. No. It is false advertising. A sea lion once saved a man, attempted to kill himself by jumping off the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. A man named Kevin Hines survived but broke his neck. While it seems he would not belong to this world, a sea lion came to the rescue, swimming beneath him and keeping him afloat until the Coast Guard arrived. On a side note, yeah. if you ever have a chance to research him, his story is amazing. His his story of survival is unbelievable. Well, and if I, you just Google Kevin Hines, he's got a it's a powerful message. I just I just saw his story on CBS Sunday morning, um, where he where he talks about his suicide attempt that he he made like when he was nineteen years old. Yeah, and um, that on the bus ride. On the bridge, uh, that no, and he was sobbing and crying, and nobody expressed sympathy or empathy toward him. A uh, tourist asked him to take a photo. Yeah, but he's sobbing. Yeah, and um, and then he jumps. Yeah. Uh, it also in that story talks about how a uh, how communication like. Um, Supportive letters, supportive notes, texts, emails can have a real successful impact on people who are suicidal. Rich Russians. Say that five times fast. Rich Russians. Rich Russians. Rich Russians. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. Rich Russians hire fake ambulances. It does sound like a tongue twister. So, rich Russians hire fake ambulances. Well, Ambulance chaser might be a slur in the United States. Russians take their selfish use of emergency vehicles to a whole new level by hiring ambulance taxis. Luxury appointed taxis they hire for $200 an hour that will blast their sirens to speed the passenger through traffic. What? That should not be okay. And $200? <laughs> Jeez, I'm just gonna call in. I'm just gonna call in and get home myself through there. Even if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a heart attack. That's so wrong. But it is. Jeez. <sighs> you hire an ambulance. <laughs> Milk wagons gave us roadway lines. Oh. Considered the most important single traffic safety device. The painting of lines down the center of roads was devised by a man named Edward Hines in 1911 when he saw the dotted drippings from a leaking milk wagon and struck on the concept. Huh. How thick was that milk? <laughs> to be able to still see those drippings. Well, you know, they didn't have refrigeration like oh. they did in 1911. But, yeah, right. But uh, it was a very good idea. Whole they, milk. <laughs> whole milk. Yes, it was. Yeah. And they were... Full, it was full fat. Full so, fat. Yeah, which so made. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it made better Lines. dotted drippings. Right. Did you know 
Candace faked pregnancy for better care. <laughs> what? <laughs> a Chinese panda named Ahin was believed to be pregnant, showing signs like an increased appetite and less movement, which sounds like me every day. <laughs> Zookeepers ensured she was well taken care of with extra food, a single room with air conditioning, and more. But then they realized that she was not pregnant at all. Researchers believe it may have been a deliberate faking of a pregnancy in order to get better treatment and treats. Oh my gosh, she conditioned her trainers. An increased appetite and less movement. That is so You can get better treatment and more treats. I'm going to quit. I'm going to start right now. (laughs) And somebody start treating me better Uh, and I want more treats. Yeah. That's a smart panda. That's a smart panda. Um, yeah. So that's all I've got. Good. So we'll do it again next week? Next week. Sounds good.